As instructional leaders, we want to avoid that overwhelming sense of burnout and exhaustion because of all of those different competing priorities. We want to avoid our staff members becoming utterly frustrated because they cannot keep up with the demands. And let's face it, we want to avoid just having that lack of confidence because we don't feel like we're making any progress. That's why you're here, right? My name is Alyssa Crabtree, and with over 16 years of experience, I am here to help you gain clarity amplify your learning like never before, and hone in on intentionality. This is where transformation begins and excellence is always the standard. Remember, we are in this together, my friends. So let's do this thing. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited for tonight. We have a special guest, Nadine Atkins in the house. And I am so excited because Nadine is here with us today to talk about her experience in special education, to give us advice for working with students with diverse needs and how to best support them in our classroom. And also parents in my audience, parents and guardians in my audience, how you can best support your child as well. So Nadine, welcome. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for having me on here. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to parents as well as educators. I'm so pumped about this. And audience, you have to know Nadine comes with us to us with a wealth of knowledge, 21 years of experience in the field, which is so amazing, like just a wealth of knowledge here in special education. She is a special education teacher, an advocate for special education students, and someone that parents can go to for more information. So Nadine, give us a journey, unpack it for us. What, how have you landed here with your business, High Quality Educational Services, and what is it that you want the world to know and do? Okay, so it is it is so, uh, um, you know, unique that, um, you know, many teachers, you'll know that they're like second generation teachers, they're third generation teachers. But for me, it was different. I'm a first and only <laughs> person, <laughs> only teacher in my family, you know, so I'm kind of like by myself. Most of um, the people in my family, they are in the medical field or they're in something else. So a lot of times they're like, girl, I do not know how you do this. I don't know how you do this. Uh-huh. And sometimes I have to say that to myself. Oh, I don't know how I do it either. <laughs> but um, I love education. And I think my love started with um, my kindergarten teacher. And this mm-hmm. is what teachers you know, have to realize that we have lasting impact on students. And um, my love for teaching started with her where I would see her and she would actually, um, you know, be, be, be talking, you know, taking the kids across the street and walking them, you know, to get to their car and stuff like that. And I just saw that and I just started, I just had this love for it. Um, I said, well, I want to do the same thing for my, um, you know, my own students. And so um, that that brought on the love for, for teaching. So in my experience, um, I have 21 years of experience in teaching. Um, nine of those are in special education. And, and to be honest, I never really 
started out in special education. That wasn't what I, 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 you know, it wasn't something that was big where I'm from in Jamaica. So that wasn't like something that I was passionate about. That was what I wanted to do originally. Mm-hmm. I wanted to teach, but I love business as well. And so I decided to become a business education teacher. So I started out as a business education teacher where I was born and grew up in Jamaica. And um, special education came about, you know, while I was teaching, I noticed that a lot of my students, they were struggling. Mm-hmm. Um I started out, um, you know, seeing students struggling to read. They were just struggling. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do special education. And then when I look back um, on my own experience with my 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 own, my own family, my, my, my brother had difficulty reading. Um, and we didn't know why he had such a difficulty reading. And we came to find out that he had you know, he had some struggles, you know, special needs, and we did not know. And so now being a special education teacher, I realized what that was. And so, um, you know, I've been doing it for nine years and I love it. That's my passion. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, that's something I've heard similar to other people, not necessarily of how they got into special education, but hearing uh-huh. that story of having a family member that struggled in school. And as they became teachers, whether they're special education or English or math or science uh-huh. teachers, now that they're in education, they're like, oh my gosh, my brother might've had dyslexia yes. or yes. struggled here. And it's just I am so in awe of what you do as far as advocating for parents, because oftentimes if you're not in education, you don't necessarily know what's happening. Right. Yes. So how has that kind of like transformed your work in partnering with parents? Okay. So being in special education, one thing I've noticed is that um, the teachers have a lot of knowledge, but the parents were lacking in yeah. some in, in 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 the knowledge that they needed in order to be an effective team member in the special education process. And so, um, my experience in the classroom, I've always tried to involve my parents. I've always tried to get their input on things, and so. As it progressed and I saw like different, you know, the way that different people handled it, I was like, no, I need to educate these parents, letting them know that they are equal partners in this process and what they needed to do in order to feel and be an equal partner. Yes. So that's why I'm so, you know, I'm such a big advocate of of educating parents as well. And I'm putting this as a banner because I think that needs to... I think that needs to be emphasized. Let me put it right here. Parents are those equal partners mm-hmm. in the process. They, The education system is not the sole decision maker. Parents, and the more that we can educate them in the process is so beneficial. Because they have another side, you know, to their, to their child. They know their child best. And so they are, you know, they're 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 cont- contributors to the to the to the process. They can they can give the educator, they can give the teacher a lot more information that they would normally have. Yes. So I on your website, and I want to get this quote correct because it is from Nelson Mandela, and mm-hmm. it, I love this quote: "Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world." 
And so unpack that for us a little bit. Like, what does this mean to you and how are you living that in your work? Okay. So it's the most powerful tool um, in, 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 in the sense that education changes a lot. It can change a lot of things. It can change your economical circumstance. It can change your social circumstance. It can change a lot. And from my own experience, um, having been exposed to education, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, it opened my eyes to a new world, basically. And if you think of students, if they're not able to read, they're not able to get the information they need. It's kind of like they're closed off mm. from the world. So it has that power to change a lot of things. It has that power to change people's circumstance. It has power to change people's lives. Um, yeah, so so that's the reason why, why I had that on there because it, it is very powerful. And I love that you said that because of the power that it provides, if students don't have adequate access to it, so many doors are closed to them. Yes. And, and I even take it to what you said about parents. As an educator, if I don't have the full story of, of the child sitting in front of me, I can't open the doors for them. Exactly. And parents are essential in that. Exactly. I can provide adequately the services that the students need. So um, one of the things I, um, I advocate for is learn about your student, um, learn about their what, what circumstances they're in, their, their, their background, learn about their community. Um, these are things that, you know, it's essential. Teacher knowledge of student. Yes, you know them. You know them academically, how they perform. But it's a whole thing. You have to learn about them. Um, their community, their background, in order to adequately service and provide um, adequate uh, instruction for them. Yes. Oh, I love, I can't, as, a, as an English teacher, I, girl, I cannot emphasize that enough, especially because I always talk about like getting books in front of kids and yes. writing and all of this. And if you do not understand their background and community, mm -hmm. you're not going to make that connection. Oh, yes. love you. <laughs> So thinking of that, what is it that parents and guardians really need to know and understand to best partner with the teacher when it comes to supporting their child? Okay, so with the IEP process, um, apart from knowing that you're an equal partner and you're just as important as an educator or another team member, they need to not feel intimidated. Because the jargons and the the um you know just being in the meeting in front of people who might have degrees that they might not have, um, it it can be intimidating for yeah. a parent. So not wanting to feel intimidated, if you need an advocate, I'm always available. You know, I'm available to provide knowledge. Um, I'm available to provide um, support if you need support. Um, my website has a lot of information that I, um, you know, provide to parents, just, just things that you need to know. And yeah. also um, parents need to make sure that during the IEP process, they have a, um, you should be getting like a, a booklet. The booklet 
explains your rights as a parent. So make sure that um, during the IEP, like after at the end of the IEP, especially like annual IEPs, you usually get that at the end of an annual IEP. Uh -huh. So make sure you have that booklet or ask for it. Um, the school or the district website usually have information about special education. Um, become familiar with that. Um, become familiar with your rights as a special education teacher and uh, not special education teacher, but a parent. I, um, I provide that. I have a booklet. It's free. And if you want to get that, you can actually um, download it for free. It's on my website and I'll leave that information as well um, mm -hmm. that you can download you, because you want to know your rights as a parent. So those are some things that's very essential and, and always ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions if you're not sure about something. What are some of the questions? Because and it's so funny, Nadine, it was it was, I guess maybe ironic. I don't know if that's the correct term to use. But today during my da daughter's dance class, there mm -hmm. were some parents in the waiting room and we were talking about um, questions to ask during IEP meetings because one of the parents is questioning some things that are happening mm -hmm. uh, with their son and dyslexia program, the dyslexia program that they're in. So what are some questions that you highly encourage parents to ask to get clarification on the supports that their child is receiving without coming across as um, offensive. Like they don't, they don't want to come off as badgering. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's something that I always encourage. Um, if you have questions, don't be scared. Do not mm -hmm. be scared and, and, and make it seem as if you're coming. It's questions that are very pertinent. So you want to ask those questions. So you want to ask questions like, um, your child's um, setting, where are they? You know, like with, with IEP and 04, uh, 504 dyslexia, a lot of students, they're in the general education classroom. The minutes that's provided, what are the accommodations that are provided? Um, uh, were those accommodations, were they discussed with you? Um, you want to make sure of that. Um, you want to make sure that uh, you have a copy of the documentation. If you don't, when can I get a copy of documentation? When can I see it? Because you're always, whatever is discussed, you should always get a copy of whatever is discussed. So you should always get a copy of your IEP. Make sure you get a copy of that. Um, so those are some questions. The, the, the minutes, the accommodations, um, when the students, their, their objectives, what are their objectives uh, for the year? Because usually you have like a reading or a math objective and those mm -hmm. are usually for the year unless they make an amendment to, you know, to those, those objectives. But they're usually annual. So ask those questions um, and those th those things will, will, will be very beneficial for you and for you supporting your child. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes parents, like you mentioned earlier, are just a little hesitant because of the yeah. jargon that's used. Right. So I love that your services provide support for parents to sit comfortably in those meetings. Yes. I love <laughs> that. Now, we've talked a lot about parents Thinking about the classroom teacher, what are some ways that classroom teachers can effectively and efficiently create inclusive, safe environments for their students? Okay. So for diverse students, um, try to make sure that you praise them. You mm -hmm. know, you want to praise them. You want to look for the, um, the little things that they're doing well. Don't 
Don't harp on what they're not doing well, <laughs> because that will cause them to kind of shut down. But you wanna you wanna focus on the, the the things that they're doing well. Highlight those. Give them opportunities to um to be able to be successful. So maybe you want to modify an assignment, or you you know you want to you want to modify the amount of of work you you give them, but the same kind of work, but just modify that. Giving them opportunities to excel. Um, you want to make sure that you are your your their support system, and you also want to make sure that the environment is not harsh. Um, you want to provide opportunities for 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 th that student to calm down because a lot of times what I've seen is um, the students might become so they might become aggressive because the the task might be difficult for them uh -huh. and um, and sometimes they might be coming with baggage you know baggage from home baggage from you know their community so you want to be um, you want to know about these things and you want to provide spaces for them to, to be able to, you know, kind of be calm and, 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 and relieve these, these negative emotions. And I talk a lot about that. Um, I did a, a webinar on shifting the mood of a classroom. How can you shift the mood of a classroom by becoming trauma informed? They might be going through stuff. They might have lost a, a parent. They might have lost some relative, you know, they might have just had a, bad something happened bad in their neighborhood we wanna we want to be um you know cognizant of these things and we want to make sure that we provide those safe spaces yeah you know, for for our student not not adding to the negative but being positive and praising them and giving them those affirmations <laughs> yes nadine i love that and i you know one of the things that i i do talk about a lot in my online courses are just getting standing at the door and greeting your students right but just even because yes it's great for classroom management all of that but it gives you such a gauge on the temperature of your students right <laughs> i mean i've had kids who's you know maybe big brother or father or mother were arrested that morning mm -hmm. and everyone in the neighborhood saw it in their front yard mm -hmm. and then they come to school and we expect them to be little compliant people. <laughs> That's very hard. That's very difficult. I've had I've had um, students to come in and they have their hood over their head, and I'm like, "What's going on?" But you had a haircut you didn't like, yes. <laughs> and you have that hood over. I mean, I don't know, but. And sometimes it's good talking to your student, you know, mm -hmm. just pull them aside and what's going on, you know, kind of yeah. give them that. But but in order for us to do that, too, and I speak about this as well, we have to be able to manage ourselves first. You know, we have oh, to come yeah. in that space with that positive in order to breathe, breathe it basically to our students or give it to our students. How would you suggest a, a teacher do that? Like go about taking the first steps to doing that for themselves? Self-care. <laughs> self-care, you know, self-care and, 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 and knowing about your own emotions so that you can, you can actually channel those in a, you know, in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And while you, you can even teach your students, you know, how to do it, 
we all go through different emotions and all of our emotions are, are relevant. Yeah. But when we're going through a situation, we can we, we can teach our student how to deal with it. For example, let's say we're upset, you know, in the day or whatever. We can show our student how to channel that, but do it in a positive way. So we want to take ourselves and be a model, basically, mm-hmm. for students. Yes. And, you know, one thing, my sister was a special ed teacher and she always talked about strategies and providing her students with strategies. But I'm thinking like all students Mm -hmm. need those strategies. All adults need those (laughs) strategies. Yes, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. I've taken some of our strategies. strategies, Those counting, those breathing techniques. Those work. <laughs> those work. I have taken them and I've been like, okay, <laughs> I can do this. Yes. Those breathing. Um, it's, it's very, it's very, you know, giving those distractions, you know, I, I've always, um, one of the things that I would do for my students, music. Mm. I'm a music lover and I try to, you know, get calming music for my students. Now, let me just tell you this. I've had some rough times <laughs> during <laughs> During teaching, I've had those now. Let me just tell you, I've had those. But over the years, I've learned how to, because I've, I've, you know, I reflect on my own teaching and I reflect on my own way of handling certain things with my students and wanting to change some things and wanting to be better for my students helped me um, to, to, uh, to come up with a lot of things that I'm teaching now. So doing the research and finding why is my student behaving the way that he or she is behaving? What can I do? Those are questions that I reflect on and ask myself as a teacher, which has helped me to, you know, to be a better teacher. Absolutely. And I think the more that we help teachers as well, it just strengthens our craft. Yes. 100%. It does. Um, So kind of talking about (laughs) self-care, One of the things that really stresses teachers out are just like the overwhelm of the job in general, mm-hmm. just all the different mandates. And I know that as a, as a teacher who had many, many special ed students in my classroom, mm-hmm. there's a lot of paperwork that comes with that. It is. So tell me, what system would you recommend to just gather accurate data, not just something that is thrown in and let me make it up real quick, accurate data that's generally going to support student learning and student support, but in a quick manner, like, do you have a system or something that you recommend to help teachers expedite the process? Okay. So with special education, um, data collection or data progress monitoring usually done like biweekly or every three weeks. Mm -hmm. But what I used in my classroom was, was simple. I would use the student's work as my my gauge for what I need to do the next day or what I need to focus on for the week. So I would use a simple thing. What did they do today? What did they do well? What do I need to work on for the next day? So that was something that I used that was simple. So that is something that, the te- you know, the teacher can use, you know, focus on those exit tickets. What did they do well? What do I need to work on? So you can do that. And then most schools, they have like weekly um, tests or they might have, um, yeah, they will have weekly tests. So focus on those um, as well as just focus on 
when you ask questions, how do the student respond? You know, are they getting what you're saying? Because, you know, just just asking a question in the class while you're doing your discussion will 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 tell you did they get it or did they not yeah. get it? You know, so those things are quick things you can you can use it rather than just wait until the two weeks or the three weeks that you're progress monitoring. Use those daily activities to help you to kind of gauge what you yeah. what, what the student needs to work on. Like I'm picturing just a little document of essential questions. Yes. And when you ask them to respond, check. Miley, yes. Face, <laughs> Miley, you know, like something. Right, right, right. I was so blessed with some of the best co-teachers ever mm -hmm. in the classroom. And so how would you, how would you suggest building that relationship with co-teachers so that things are run efficiently and it makes your life, it made my life so much easier because my co-teacher and I, like we just, we were jiving. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend teachers build that relationship with their co-teacher and vice versa? Okay. One of the things is making sure that you have mutual respect because um, a lot of times it might seem as if a special education teacher is a teacher assistant, but they're not. They're not. They are the they are the specialist as far as the special education student is concerned. So you want to utilize their knowledge. Um, and one of the things that I did was I planned with my um, my my teachers, my general ed teachers. Um, planning with teachers is very good. Maybe you don't have the time for the entire, you know, let's say a whole hour of your planning or whatever, but you want to make sure that you know what is being taught for the week. Yes. Get a copy of their lessons, you know, their lesson plans, what, what is being taught so that you can know, um, okay, well, this is going to be done Monday. What do I need to do? You know, what, what, what materials do I need to have to make sure that I know? And, and, and do not go in the classroom, not knowing <laughs> what. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's good to be aware so that if they need you, they can, you know, they can rely on you. I've always been the person like, okay, I'm getting the lesson plan. Let me see what is going on. Let me go through the lesson and see what is being taught so that I know what to do to support. Because being, especially like in an inclusion setting, you don't just want to be there as a warm body. You want to make sure that you're supporting. You're yes. supporting your teachers. And, they, and that will build a wonderful, wonderful relationship. Because I've always had that with my, um, my general ed teachers. Yes. And I think that is... One thing, classroom, and I've, I've never been a co-teacher. I've had two amazing co-teachers, Miss Borchers and Miss Caldwell. If you're watching the replay, um, shout out to you. But it, it really was a mutual respect. And so mm -hmm. teachers, when you are blessed with a co-teacher, make them feel welcomed. This is your classroom too. This is not my classroom and you're a visitor. Like, we are in this together, together. and it'll make your life so much easier. Yes, <laughs> it will. It will. And, and and that is for the that's for the betterment of the student anyway, because usually I would have my 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 group. Like if I if, if we're doing like an activity and I have my group, then I have a group with my kids and might have a few more other kids that I'm working with. So and the uh, general ed teacher will have her group. So it's, it's not like you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing. No, we're working together you know, for the betterment of the students. And we have seen, you know, in the dis districts that I've worked with, seen growth, 
in our student just because of working together and doing things like that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and with that, I'm thinking of students and general ed students, special ed students, also, you know, students, EBs, anyone who's receiving any kind of support. How would you support teachers and guardians in coaching students how to advocate for themselves? Like if, if you are feeling like you're missing something in your IEP or you're not receiving the services you need, sometimes students are scared to speak up. But a, a lot of times they are scared to speak up because they're not aware. Mm. A lot of times students are not aware. They're not aware of their services that they should receive. They're not aware of their accommodations they should receive. They're just not aware. They just know that my mom came to a meeting. I'm getting this information to take to my mom. She came to a meeting, but they really don't know. And so that is something that I also advocate for. You want to educate uh, students from a young age because when they get older, they will have to advocate for themselves. Yes. So you wanna you wanna get if if it's possible, take them to the meetings because they are a member of the team. <laughs> and many people might might you know admit that they are a valid member of the team. When you have your IEP, the student is a member, documented on that. So you want to make sure that they um come to the meetings, maybe come and introduce themselves to the members as as a starter, and then. Later on, when they get older, come and ask questions. You know, if those are some things that we want to make sure that they do. And they're aware of how many minutes they should get. They're aware of what their um, goals and objectives are. They're aware of their accommodation. So when they're not getting it, they can advocate for themselves. They're like, okay, well, I'm doing math. Why don't, why don't I have a calculator? You know, <laughs> if they're supposed to have that. Okay, I'm doing this. Why don't I have extended time? Shouldn't I have this? And I, I feel I feel proud <laughs> when I hear students do that. Like, why am I not getting that? You know, so I, I, I advocate for parents. Make sure that your child is aware of their, um, their IEP and um, their IEP goals and accommodations. Yes. Absolutely. And even teachers, make sure your students know. Like one thing that I would always tell my students, and I would be very vulnerable and say, my brain is overwhelmed on a daily basis. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to also remind me if yes. I make a mistake. Yes. And teachers, it's okay if you make a mistake, but let's coach our students on how to advocate. Right, right. That's very important. Being an advocate is very important. Yeah. I love that. Well, like I said earlier, I love that you are supporting parents. And so what are some resources that you would recommend to parents, to teachers, to help them learn more about special ed, IEPs, and how to advocate for yourself? Okay, so I'm a very good resource. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay, so my business, we actually have a course that is outlines IEP for parents as well as for educators. So if you would like access to that, it's on it's on my website as well that you can gain access to it. But I also wrote down like um each parent, like I mentioned before, they should have a document at the end of an IEP, annual IEP. It, it outlines their rights. If they don't have that, I can make, make one available to them or I can give them information about that if they don't have it. Nonprofit organizations are very good. Um, I know one, families, families Helping Families is one of those organizations. I think that is a nonprofit and they have a lot of resources that's available for parents. So 
um, they can use those. And I also have a parent advocacy group where I post a lot of information um, for the parents um, that you can gain access to. You, if you have questions, you want to share information with other parents, you you feel free. It's a Facebook um, a group that you can feel free to, to join. It's free. Um, if you look for Nadine Atkins on Facebook, you'll find it and you can become a member of that if you're if you're a parent of a diverse learner and you would like okay. access to information. Um, now, as far as educators, there's a lot of information. A lot of times on your uh, district website, there are a lot of information for students with disabilities. Um, the Department of Education has a lot because sometimes a few things might differ in states, but when you go to the U.S. Department of Education, it's federal. So whatever is on there, it's it, it goes for every state. So you can find information on that. Um, there is the CEC newsletter, which is the Council for Exceptional Children. That's the newsletter. Anything that's new that comes out for special education, it's on there. If you want information, you can find it. Um, the district website, like I mentioned before, and one of the main resources that you have right here on your campus, the special education teacher, Yeah, the special education teacher, as well as the, um, the administrators. So if you're a general education teacher and you have questions, ask your special education teacher, the veteran teachers, they have access to information. Um, they know their students. Um, so you want to utilize them. You know, I'm not saying like the general ed administrators and stuff like that, but they are specialists. So you want to utilize that. And um, I also have their, I have a webinar that's coming. I'm going to be posting it um, for new teachers, especially. It's going to be on the IEP. It's IEP bootcamp. Everything you need to know about the IEP, the writing of the IEP, interpreting the information on the IEP. That is going to be, I'm going to, it's going to be November. I'm going to post okay. it as well. So I, I I have websites, you know, that webinars coming up that I will be, you know, get, getting information to the special education teachers. I love that. And education teachers as well. I'm going to share it as well, Nadine. So for my audience that's watching tonight and watching the replay, everything that Nadine shares out, I will post that as well. The IEP boot camp. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so I'll be sharing that information with you all. So y'all you can have access to that. Um, so Nadine, briefly tell us a little bit about the services that you do specifically provide for families, educators, so that they know that they can reach out to you. Okay. So for educators, I do provide professional development trainings. Um, I provide one-on-one -on -one or small group coaching um, let's say you you need coaching on academics, on behavior um, with your students, your, your diverse learners. I provide that um, opportunity for them. Um, I also um, have job embedded training. So if school school districts, you're, you're needing professional development and then having job embedded training, you, you have uh, new teachers that need help. Um, in special education, I'm there. I'm that person for you. <laughs> so um, my, my website is there. You can reach out to me on my website. Um, I'm on all the different platforms. I'm on um, LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Just look for Nadine Atkins and um, my business will pop up. So um, if you need access, um, you know, you, you want to schedule a free consult, you can reach me at any on any of those platforms. 
Also for, um, for parents, um, there's an online course that's available. I also provide coaching. Let's say you need uh, coaching and you need some information about um, what to do in a situation. I provide advocacy for you as well. If you need me to, um, you know, go to a meeting with you, you're, you know, you have information. I'm, I'm there for you if you need that as well. Um, I also provide small group one-on-one -on -one tutoring for exceptional students. Okay. So if you need, if your, if your child needs that extra, extra support, I'm there for you if you need that as well. Man, I mean, you provide so much, just a wealth of knowledge. And I'll tell you, Nadine, you mentioned earlier about parents being intimidated about all the jargon. Mm -hmm. As a new, when I was a new teacher and I was sitting in meetings and I was like, hold up, what's this? What is, what is this? I was intimidated. I mean, there are still educators that can be intimidated by the different, uh, like you said, jargon, laws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. compliance uh, mm -hmm. issues, like all of that. And so I love that you were there to support them through this journey and yeah. tutoring exceptional students when they need that extra, extra support. I love that. So you've already kind of told us where we can follow you, just searching mm -hmm. Nadine Atkins. Mm -hmm. I will also put that in the show notes. But what else, where else can we find you as far as your website? What can they research to find you specifically? Okay, so my website is um, W, well, HT, I think you have it on there, teachable.com. Teachable.com. Right, right, mm -hmm. that's my website. And then um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I am on what else is, the, is there? I'm on Twitter as well. Twitter. And, and 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 not just being on there, but what I post on there, I post um, educational videos um, on special education, changes in special education, um, how to support um, or create a positive environment for your student, academics, uh, progress monitoring. Those are things that I, I provide or I create videos for. So if you want to um, learn or you want to gain more access or more information on special education, you follow me. You can follow me on those because I, I post um, you know, information that you need as a teacher yes. or a, a parent. And I will say, Nadine, in doing, you know, we met each other through a collaboration audience, yes. just to let you know, we did a, yes. an instructional leadership collaboration together. And Nadine, when I was combing through your resources, I'm in Texas, you're in Louisiana, uh -huh. your resources are applicable nationwide. So it's not just, this is just in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. No, here in Texas, I can act, I can use those resources. And so community, if you are a teacher, a co-teacher, an administrator, a parent guardian, really go to her website. You will find some great tools that are, there's some that are for free that are amazing. Yeah. Like she said, <laughs> even on Facebook, but looking at all the services that she provides, you are in good hands. So this is a great resource to, to access. Yeah. Okay. So Nadine, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. And if you are on the replay, you're watching the replay, I'm going to ask, ask some questions, leave us some questions because I will shoot them over to Nadine and yes. she can respond to them that we can be here to help you. So Nadine, thank you so much for your time tonight. I greatly thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to share this information. And like she mentions, if, if Alyssa mentions, if you need more um, information, more uh, support, 
then you can reach out. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Y'all have a great night. All right. Bye. Bye.